They're taking cherubin pots strewn strategically along the daily. Charter boys are tying paternosters in preparation for the fray. Tinnies are being towed to target on the Arnhem Highway. Over in Gove, they're rigging up teasers for the big boys. There's an air of anxious optimism at harbourside boat ramps as launch time looms. And in the front bar of a top-end pub. And so we agree, then, that there are four available options to us at any given time. To wit, activities that are ethical and still fun, ethical but not fun, unethical and not fun, or, and this is of course my personal favourite, unethical but fun. Now, what percentage of pursuits can be categorised in the in the last box? I'd suggest about 90% of your pursuits end. Really? What? Oh, 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 oh. More. Oh, oh, oh. Get your bums in the boat and get on with it. G'day fishos and welcome to another week of the, uh, well on board, the workhorse we call uh, Tales from the Tinny and fairly typical Andy Wharton, he comes along for that fun bit at the pub and then as soon as it's time to do any work he, he's gone fishing again so he smacked back a rapid fire uh, three to four pints and he's belted, he's gone. A beard, ever reliable, stepped in to fill the gap again, uh, g'day beard, how you doing? G'day, g'day. How's your week been? Uh, it's been pretty good. Yeah, uh, did manage to go fishing on the weekend. Took the yak out. Mm. Uh, Leave point again? No, no. I went out to six mile because I heard it'd been going off out there. What does it take you to get the yak out the six mile? Uh, launch at East Point and pedal for half an hour. Is that all <laughs> towards Mandora? Yeah. yeah, and pedal fast as you go across the shipping channel. No, just uh, no. Well, you're not. You don't really. Uh, you don't really to. hit it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, but no, just a leisurely, leisurely uh, uh, pedal over there. Um, but yeah, it was like me and what seven boats. Um, yeah, <laughs> what well, you're surrounded by tinnies. Yeah, but I can kind of just carve and weave between them, you know. Do they hate you, or are they all kind of? No, they, 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 you're, they, you're the novelty. They love me because no, actually, it was, it was I knew a few of them out there. It was like, like oh, good day, as you just come back from the Tiwis, uh, you know, <laughs> out of that. 10 jerry cans on his back. Yeah. Uh, Brendan Adair saw him out there. Oh, yeah. He was selling his boat and it was showing the new uh, the new buyer what was what. Saw his snoz from over the horizon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's on. <laughs> oh, so it was quite a social occasion beard. Oh, it was great. Yeah, it was, it was, and it was, uh, it, it was bust ups of, uh, bust ups, well, plenty of queenies and, and uh, little spotties and stuff. I was throwing poppers around to get smoked by something that's still. It's still playing in my mind a bit. Yeah, this was quite amusing because yesterday, Beard, out of nowhere, you know when you're having this kind of a... There's a thought train heading uh, to this station. Yeah. And then someone just suddenly pulls that lever. Yeah. And a tangential line peels off to the left. And they go. They've pulled the lever and got off that track. <laughs> and now they're heading down to the other station without any warning. No segue necessary. Nothing, nothing. That's what Beard yeah. did yesterday. Just out of nowhere... I don't know, we were, we were talking about the mangoes in the tree again, and he goes, I think it was a Mac. <laughs> and he was, he was referring to, it just came back to your, the forefront of your mind, the fish you lost, didn't it? You don't, out well, of nowhere. Yeah, and then it came out of your mouth, which was even weirder. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm pretty, I'm, uh, I don't let, don't let him go real easily. And I no, don't, you, I, you really don't let it go. And you said, man, that's fishing. And I'm like, shut up. Yeah. I know it's fishing, yeah. but it doesn't make it any easier. And then he described the run and what happened. And, you know, it's, it was definitely a Mac beard. <laughs> it was definitely a huge <sighs> Mac you lost. Don't try to convince yourself it was a tuna or something. You know, less worthy. The story you, you was that it was, a, it, was, it was a big queenie, uh, but, nah, but it, was a it, it didn't jump and it, it ran like yeah, 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 probably a wahoo. It's probably a wahoo. Mate, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that or was a, or a big cobia. <laughs> but it was it, it, it was great. It was incoming tide, uh, good neeps, um, and and sort of enough bust up to share around. So it wasn't all seven boats in a circle casting yeah. into the centre mm -hmm. for the same sixty centimetre queenies, which is what Andy's described. He's been part of out there before. Multiple yeah. times. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Uh, a quick note, uh, a little bit of admin fishos to next Thursday, uh, the 19th at the Doubletree Hilton on the Esplanade from about quarter past five is the Afant AGM. 
and the new i mean this used to be an event it's become quite genteel is that the word now it you know it used to be back in the early days of the man pansy and i on the tinny we loved going to the affet and talking about it how many bar stools were thrown and you know <laughs> and uh, uh, pints were smashed over heads good days uh, not so much anymore it's quite refined but very important still uh, the new fisheries minister will be there and they'll be talking about Blue Mud Bay. No doubt there's a presentation on the fads and the artificial reefs and it's really your chance, Fishos, if you're members, um, to put your issues and concerns to direct to the minister and direct to AFAN in cases like this. So next Thursday the 19th at the Doubletree Hilton. You know, you could actually go and throw a stool. I tried to... one year. Yeah. I tried to rev it up. Yeah. I, sh- I shouted at the then... Um, what was he then? Indigenous Affair, Federal Indigenous Affairs Minister or Fisheries Minister or something? Yeah, shouted. Yeah, picked up a bar stool, threw it at a bloke next to me. Nothing, just nothing. Oh, it was already the no. change was already underway. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I right. was too. I was too late. Your attempt to keep it real, yeah. uh, it didn't quite work. <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> um, uh, later on the show, uh, Fishos, yeah, stick around because uh, we'll be going round the grounds with uh, with one of the territory's top barra Fishos who uh, who. Uh, gives us quite the revelation, actually, uh, about about his uh, his personal preferences when fishing, uh, and uh, and part two of uh, of those old school boys uh, talking oh, Barra, Yogi and Mike, Yogi and Mike. We got more. Yeah, we got more. I can't wait. <laughs> There's tales from the tinny. Two and a half to three metres over the crossing. Lucky to be there at the right day. We can pull up. They're asleep now. No, no, it's a shark. It's the biggest deer in the world. <laughs> Touched it and poked its eye. Tales from the tinny. I don't know how many times we can wish for it, Beard, and then just resign ourselves to it. It kind of feels like this is the week where we need to just accept that it's freaking hot <laughs> and there's nothing we can do about it. Warren, would you... There's nothing we can do about it. No, mate, we can bang on about it all your life, <laughs> but you're not going to change it, so no, we're not it is st- what it is. Still stinking down there? Still stinking down there. We're running at 41, 42 every day, but there's, there's a chance of getting rain... This weekend, so keep your fingers crossed there might be the odd storm coming around and help break the cycle that we're in at the moment. Anyone getting anything over at the Vic? Yeah, there has been. Um, a fair few guys went out on the weekend. That there was a metre 12 got caught by uh, T-Bone, um, which is a good fish. He, he got it down the bottom of my bait. Um, but talking to a fair few other people that were out there, they all struggled a little bit to actually be able to catch anything over legal size. So it's not fishing fantastic um or sort of not out of control but i think uh, but certainly there are a few fish getting around and those guys that were using um mullet or live baiting on the weekend seem to do more than than the guys that are trawling around with lures is he t-bone because that's what he normally catches his barrel on <laughs> i'm not sure how he got that name t-bone but yeah that's that's, that's what we call him what do they t-bone? call people t-bone Beard? Ty- Tyrone, maybe? Uh, Terry? I know a T-Bone, but he's been called that because uh, there was another person that shared his, his, his name, so they just said, oh, we'll just call you T-Bone. Well, that sounds boring. Yeah. <laughs> it's not because his trunk is shaped like a T-Bone, like broad shoulders and very thin waist. No, it's because his name was Mark, like the other fella who was also Mark. <laughs> I shouldn't have asked. Aussie nicknames. All right, so well done to uh, T-Bone, but otherwise, oh, uh, otherwise not much joy on the Vic. No, and, and hot. And um, a bit of a wind still blowing around too, which is the other problem that um, causes a fair amount of um, discoloration or, or the water not settling out and cleaning up as good as what it normally should. So hopefully with a bit of rain, the temperature of the land will cool down enough so that it won't start to... Um, afternoon sea breeze won't be as strong as what it is at the moment. Same thing's happening on the Roper. Um, that easterly breeze that's coming in of an afternoon or even starting at 9 o'clock in the morning on the weekend, some of the... People that were down there said it just blew constantly from 9 o'clock all day and into the night. And that's no good for that uh, fishing out the front there because the flats just become too dirty and they just start rolling. And then once they start doing that, they push all that dirty water over into the channel and you end up with um, discoloured water to the point where you can't really fish in it. Look, I don't, I don't, I don't really care what you say about the Roper, Warren, because we've got a guy <laughs> later. Start polishing the shotgun. Because we've got a guy later on the tinny who's who wants to tell us that the Roper will be the hot spot this November. Oh, I reckon it'll be that bloody Shane campaign. Yeah, I, reckon, I, reckon you, I reckon you might. So, yeah, windy, dirty, muddy, whatever you reckon, we'll get the other yeah. side of that coin later. He shouldn't have his kneecaps still in any rate. He should be walking. <laughs> well, they I mean, should be gone by now. Interestingly, 
Uh, he's been fishing a lot across the top end, um, like a lot, to a lot of the big rivers. He didn't even mention the daily. Is it even? Wor- is, is anyone even fishing it? The only way to fish the daily now is at the old crossing um, and, and fishing maybe uh, Browns Creek, Bamboo Creek, any of those land-based places on the on the big ties when it backs it right up to the old crossing and that. And that's where they sort of have a chance of getting those um, million-dollar fish um, being caught from. So land-based is okay, but when you go down further, it is not clearing up because there is no fresh water or clear water getting pushed down from or sucked down from up top. Because the river's so low, there isn't enough push on the outgoing tide to help clean up the river. So you're going to struggle if you get down below Charlie's or anywhere like that at the moment until we get some more rain and get a bit of a flush going into the river. Until then, until then, it'll be back. The daily will be back. It'll be back. It'll be back. We just need a really good wet season and it'll just fire it back up again. But um, hopefully it won't be too far before we start seeing some good rainfall. Uh, Good to catch up again. I hope you get some this weekend, eh? Yeah, all the best, boys. Whoa. Tag. Holy lie. Most. Tag. Follow. Shoot it. Share it. Upload. Shout it. Give us a hoi. Beard, you know how they make lures out of pretty much anything these days, or to imitate anything. Here's a frog lure. Here's a pelican lure that you can dance across the surface. Yeah, here's a lure of, of Donald Trump. Yeah, and, and you can flick it across yeah. a, a little... Watch it get buffed. We got a press release um, this week. I mean, it's just another of the same. You know, we get thousands of these press releases a week, by the way, Fishos. This one caught my eye. Um, according to the latest surveys, uh, half of Aussie singletons are hoping for a happy bunny vibrator this Christmas, mm. which is, must be a brand a brand new barrel of, of some sort. I, I think with an electric vibrating motor of it. So now they've, they've made a bunny rabbit that has a little electric motor, and you can dance that across the... Well, it's been around for years. It's the Duracell bunny. Yeah, but the Duracell bunny doesn't have a treble hanging out the back to dance across the lilies, um, you know, at at, at Corroboree. So, look, it's just another one of the gimmick lures, obviously, that they're putting out for this Christmas. Yeah, mate, that's that's what it is, Tim. Brian Ahern caught uh, the 10K fish out of the Mary River Bridge Lagoon. You know, this was a couple of weeks ago. He's finally returned his tinny questionnaire. You know, you've got to fill these in if you catch one. Was the wearing of lucky undergarments, trinkets, or other superstitions involved in the landing of said fish? Uh, underwear, too hot for that. Yeah, it's another commando. Uh, the day before and that morning, I rubbed my, I rubbed the belly of a Buddha that sits in my bedroom. Oh, good boy. An ornament uh, that was given to me 30 years ago, about time some luck came from it. <laughs> Once you ask the question, you find out just how many people do have trinkets. Yeah. Superstitions. What was his skilled ass ratio? Skill... 95%. Pure ass, 5% in oh, his mind. Come on. Uh, I had to fight the fish, get the landing net, distract the croc all on my own, and then boat the fish. Not easy when you're a bit dusty. That's, <laughs> you that's did true. well, Brian. That's true. And it's important in these surveys to determine the distribution of prize and or beer. The wife has tried to claim some of the glory because he was using her rod without permission. Ah. Mm. Uh, in terms of shouting his mate's beers, if they're having a party and invite me I might take a carton. Otherwise, it's just a six-pack. <laughs> uh, in terms of what he'd say to the fish, you put up a good fight, mate, but a croc wasn't going to win me $10,000. So I'm glad I saved you from that ordeal. <laughs> what a way to go that would have been. May you rest in peace in Barra Heaven and know that the cash you provided will go towards more gear to send more of your mates your way. Thank you, Barra. What a contrast to... To, I think it was the last one where the message to the to the barra was just, "You idiot!" Yeah, yeah, was, <laughs> sucker! <laughs> what the hell did you do that for? <laughs> yeah, good on you, Brian. Kai Hale. Uh, we talked to him a couple of weeks ago uh, aboard the good ship, Flat Maggot. Uh-huh. Uh, he's done it again. Another metery in Shoal. Uh, oh, has he? Metery on the dot. Second metery in two weeks, along with a seventy-five. He said, "I'd hate to know how many vibes this fish has seen." So I'm calling it pure luck to have hooked this fish and landed it in a place that is no secret to most people. Mm. Called it for a dewy. Most of the fight till it jumped and started going crazy after a shark nearly got it. Uh, another upgrade for the flat maggot. <laughs> and hopefully they keep coming. <laughs> Good on you, Kai. Man. Uh, John Russo, uh, also uh, been out this week. Epic week with my nephew, Cam. What an awesome young man he has become. Well done, Cam, for being a great young an man. An awesome young man. 
he's definitely awesome because listen to this. He managed to tick off four items off his bucket list. First Barra, first Pig, first Dewey, first GT. Best uncle ever, Cam. Well, you'd, you'd have to suggest, wouldn't you? Mm. I mean, when there's uncles to visit, if you've got multiple, you'd be picking um, Uncle Uncle John up in Darwin, wouldn't you, Cam? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies Classic's been on out at Gove The winners were like mother like daughter Second real hookers And third hook us up Looks like the Pittocks nailed it From what I could see in the scores I think it's Kylie and Tiana uh, Pittocks So well done to you mob uh, Ash Winks uh, We talked to him the other week uh, He was going to the Tiwis Aboard uh, a, a ship called Shagwa Yes Shagwa uh, Shagwa trip was great He said Barrow hard to find Only three Plenty of jacks With a reward for a persistent acute Cast acute, accurate, accurate. surely. Um, only two crabs after pulling the pot sixty to seventy times. Oh, that's not, that's not a good return on investment. Ash. <laughs> uh, water temp in the creeks thirty two degrees. Jigging for Maori sea perch was awesome. Uh, a couple of good sessions at the northern end of the Aspley. Uh, saw bones on the flats on Seagull Island. Does he mean bonefish? Don't know. Must or actual bones. Um, got an insane jiggy jig Goldies session on the way back on the southern reefs of Melville. Uh, also, forgot to mention that the church of the Tinny came to our rescue at the 11th hour prior to departure. Yes. We thought we had a Jenny lined up, but it fell through. Yes. So we shone the bat symbol on the underside of the Tinny. <laughs> Does that work? In other words, sent a text to a few scaly mates. Yep. And uh, within an hour, we had one offered to us. Big shout out to none other. Oh, gee, oh did, did you pre-read this? I didn't pre-read it. Here we go. Big we can, shout we can bail out. We can bail out now. We better do it. Big shout out to none other than Andy Wharton. Oh, aren't you a good guy, Andy? Thanks, mate. Bloody oh, legend. It no, sounds like a big deal, but <laughs> I borrow his Jenny every day of the week. Good on you, Andy. Uh, the whale's back in the east. Did you hear that? Yeah, wow. You might remember this story a while back from the humpback whale that showed up in the East Alligator River baffling the boffins. After 17 days, the whale, a creatively dubbed humpy, uh, eventually headed out into the open waters off the top end coast. Yippee, hooray, humpy, be free. Uh, but now it's back in there. Unfortunately, they reckon Uh-oh. something's up. Yeah, uh, they're supposed to be heading to Antarctica this time of year, and the answer may lie in what it's been feeding on. So, and it's not behaving, apparently it's not behaving all that It's supposed great. to be in Tasmania at the moment. So it's bloody hot. Yeah. It's going to be cooking. Yeah. They need to get its poo, apparently, to find out what it's been feeding on. Now, uh, that, oh. the, the mind boggles. How are they going to create a waterproof nappy for a whale? Yeah. Like yep. what, what sort of size landing net and how do you get in proximity safely enough? How is the handle on the landing net long enough to just follow a humpback and capture a poo? How do, you, how do you turn the whale over and hold its tail up while you slip the nappy in underneath uh, and then wrap and, and, uh, and, and, and click her in? This All is a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah. Mm. Good luck with getting the poo and, and good luck to Humpy. Shoot it. Share it. Shout it. Give us a boy. Fishos, every build-up, there are some anglers we think it's just wise to touch base with. Because in all likelihood, they've been spending every last bit of their free time and free cash chasing and landing Barra. There are also anglers who, in the interest of not letting the cat totally out of the bag the minute they hook up, will often post on social media weeks after the fact, which effectively beard uh, choreographs the, the simultaneous dropping of jaws of the fishing community. Mm. Quite strategic and quite sensible, really. Shane Compain, I'd suggest, is both of those things. And as you'd expect from a fisho such as himself, Beard, he's getting around and doing rather well. How are you, Shane? <laughs> I mean, pretty good. Oh, man, you have been smashing it over the last month or so. I wouldn't say smashing it, but it's been all right. I haven't had much time off, so I've been doing um, after-work trips and nighttime activities pretty much. Yeah, but hang on. Listen listen to the list, um, fishos. He says he's not smashing it. Uh, South, Finnis, Corroboree, Timor, Box... That's a list that most of us would get done in a year. Um, Shane, <laughs> ha- how was the South? The South was okay. It was a little bit disappointing, though. The system was very empty. I have had word about um, the pros have been there and hammering the absolute bugger out of it um, and definitely did notice that big time in what you'd normally see on the sounder and fish activity and stuff. So that was 
very, very disappointing. And um, I spoke to a few guides who got out that way. And, yeah, one of them I know really well. And he was extremely upset. Like, I've never – you never kind of see him get upset about that sort of stuff. But he just said, it's been so good for the last three years. been getting better and better. And it's just being knocked on the head. So, I've heard a bit the disappointing. same from a few people out there saying similar things. So, the pros must have been out there. But, I mean, they're allowed to be. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's their job, but yeah. Anyways, <laughs> so so did that mean no fish? No, we got some fish. Uh, I, got, I think we got a few in the nineties, eighties. Um, not kind of worth the distance, if you know what I mean. You'd expect it to yeah. fish better than that at this time of the year. Definitely, definitely. Obviously, um, November, December, build up time, big girls. It just normally flies up, but yeah, it just didn't quite then. What do you run the mouth on? What sort of tides? Um, oh, any coastal area, pretty much any major river system, any coastal platform you know on your on your knee tides definitely always the pick um, um back in the day you wouldn't see too many boats but nowadays um pretty much i reckon the whole of darwin darwin's water force knows uh, knows the tides and knows where to be so shane this time of year a lot of people will be looking uh down rope away as well uh you've been down there yourself um i haven't mate i haven't i do know that this month i bet you november will be the busiest the rope will be the busiest place in the Dolphin Territory for fishing activity. There is going to be boats everywhere. Um, it's got busier and busier every year down the Roper, especially last year. It was definitely the pick of the places. Um, it's going to be a repeat this year plus more, I reckon. Shane, I'd be going bush pretty soon because when Warren DeWitt hears this, <laughs> mate, you have got a target on your head. <laughs> hey. I can hear him loading the gun. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. I'll bet, yeah, he'll be sitting at that that couch and waiting for people to drive past. <laughs> you, you reckon this November will be busier there than anywhere else? Oh yeah, hands down, hands down. There's not that many people that gearing up for week long trips down the Roper, um, coming in, stocking up on gear, and just just the activity level, people talking. Like I wanted to sneak away for a couple of days this November, but I can't because half my staff are going down the Roper, so. <laughs> <laughs> Where else have you been, man? Been doing the billabongs. The billabongs have been an absolute standout this year. Like, um, myself personally, I love targeting Big Barramundi and to target wild Big Barramundi and the billabongs and the sheer numbers of them, I think, because we obviously haven't had a good wet season in the last three years. They haven't been able to get out and do their normal cycle. So those fish that are normally 80s that get out of the, out of the billabongs are all now high 90s and, and meteries, and it's, it's freaking awesome. It's um, really, really good fishing. And the amount of people that are catching big fish, it's easy. It's fresh water. You know, there's, there's... Hang on. There's a phenomenal amount of news flashes here, Shane. Firstly, you like chasing big barrow. Yeah. <laughs> Alert the media. <laughs> Secondly, it's easy to get 90s and meteries out of a billabong. Which billabong, Shane? Um, Corroboree. The old bong. It's been producing pretty hot. Well, we went to go somewhere else. Hmm. We couldn't get in. We failed. We, we we put a good effort, put the video on social media. Um, that was of us trying to get in, and we, we failed, and then we pulled out and then put in the corroboree, and I've got a 102 on the cast, and the amount of fish that I see in the standard, I was like, Jesus, like, there is a lot of big fish here. But what's even funnier, when we went back to that other billabong, and because I don't take no as an answer, and <laughs> I was <laughs> We needed to step it up, so... My mate's got a smaller tinny, a 4.1, which is still not that small, and I had a 30 on it and all the gear, and he's like, yeah, we'll be able to, we'll be able to drag it. And I'm like, gee, we've got to drag it like 40, 50 metres. And we went around his house, and we tried lifting it, and we could barely lift it. I'm like, dude, there's no way we're going to do this. Anyway, he had this uh, trolley with four wheels on it. It worked. We got there, we beached the boat, and we put the boat onto the trolley, and then pretty much manhandled it and walked it like 40 metres. I just wish that... If someone could have seen what we were doing from another boat or something, like three people walking a boat <laughs> down a bank of a river on a billabong <laughs> with these squeaky little wheels. What were we water? We got a 96 and 88, and I missed one that would have been well over. So There it is. I, 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 thought, I thought you said it was easy, Shane. <laughs> no, no, the corroboree part's easy, <laughs> not this part. This, <laughs> How long did it take? Getting the boat on the shallows and the wheels and that about an hour and, and a lot of lot of effort and pushing and it was pretty funny on the way back when we we're pushing it my missus is going what's going on we're not doing it I'm like because everyone's buggered like everyone was like huffing and puffing and <laughs> it reminds me of what the Vikings had to do to get their ships to the shore that's alright yeah. oh yeah yeah but, onwards but, but worth it worth it man you got um, you got good fish and, and just glossed over the 102 and the cast on Corroboree is this all nighttime fishing yeah, definitely nighttime. Um, 
daytime you'll catch fish, you'll catch smaller fish, but it's amazing how like the, the switch happens. Once it goes once it goes dark, that all billabong, any any freshwater system just completely switches and changes, and all of a sudden all these big fish appear. The bait source changes, all the tarpon come out in the middle, and yeah, the fishing just yeah, it lights up for the bigger fish. So definitely, if you want to give it a crack, night time is the go. Obviously, always around the full moon, the lead up to the full moon. And not only is it better fishing, then it just makes it easy because you can see. Shane, those fish you are getting out, out of the billabongs, I mean, it's very popular, uh, you know, dragging around those massive soft plastics or what, they're, what, they're virtually swim baits, aren't they? Um, yeah, it is, it's big, massive plastics pretty much. But any, any of the shallow diving hard bodies are working. People are catching them and then, um, you know, you don't have to use one particular lure, but um, just anything big, really. Shane Compain's with uh, Top End Tackle World at Koolalinga, a man who says he hasn't been smashing it, but what you'll now realise, Fishos, is that's only half of the spots he's, he's been. You can see that video of the skull drag, which is pretty funny, at ABC Tales and the Tinny on Facebook. Uh, Shane, you're right to join us for the second half of the wrap of the territory a little later on the Tinny? <laughs> I am, lads. Tales from the Tinny. Get a mullet up, yeah. Well, we've elected this week, uh, Beard, not to bang on about how bloody hot it is because it's patently obvious it's, it's bloody hot. That is the con. Is it okay if we just highlight the pro that comes with this? A time of stinky build-up calm. When we get glass off, we can chase Big Barra and also we can go wider and further afield. For hang on, really- man, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. I'm just, just picking up a little scent here. Is that, is that Victoria's Secret that you're wearing? The real question, Beard, is how would you know if it... Do you... How do you know what Victoria's Secret smells like? Oh, mate, everybody knows what Victoria's Secret smells like. It's her, man. It's it's her. Oh, g'day, mate. Smelling fabulous. I'm pleased you know what Victoria's Secret is. Yeah, that's that's the scary bit. Not just (laughs) G-strings. Did you just put that on just for us, Meg? I did, because it's very nice of you. smelly, it's hot, it's dude, a build-up. Dude, it's the COVID den here, the ABC studio at home. It permanently stinks, so it's really thanks. pretty for... sweaty. Yeah, how was you have been taking advantage of the build-up mm. calm, um, mm. went far and wide with a couple of motherships, sounded like an, an awesome trip. Oh, it was insane. We disappeared on Wednesday and came back Sunday. Unbelievable fishing in the Tiwis. Big Goldies, and probably the big my PB of a Goldie of 81.5, and so did a lot of other people. <laughs> I know. And you know that fish was sev- around 70 years old, so you only just want to catch one. You don't want to catch a lot of them. So you, yep. had, you only caught one, didn't you? I caught three. <laughs> <laughs> but I ate one. <laughs> uh, how, how hard were they to come by? Oh, You know, lots of people caught um, big snapper this trip, very big snapper. But also a lot of people respected their bag limits and they didn't take what they didn't need. But it, it was very, very good. Lots of Jewies caught and lots of good barra. It was a great trip up the, the Aspley Strait. It was with the Palmerston Game Fishing Club? Correct. They do it every year. They obviously were aware of COVID this year. Um, they kept the, the uh, levels down. I think it was only 17 boats allowed to go. They have a lead boat and they support a lot of people that don't have the opportunity to go to Tiwis. So there's a lot of new people on this trip. There was always two motherships and they take over other people's fuel for them, introduce them to the Asprey Straits and the incredible culture. You know, amazing fishing and fishing for Jewies in 70 metres of water is insane. Same for Goldies. It's incredible. Uh, how do the other boats go next? Uh, they got uh, they got absolutely smashed in those, some of those storms, but they hit up the mother up the creeks. Uh, they all did very well. Everybody caught fish. So other than those storms, how was the how was the weather? How was the trip home? It was great. It was great in mothership, uh, a bit rocky, but um, it was fantastic. And when we got in the harbour and noticed a uh, noticed a few uh, working fish around six mile boil, and I don't know if you've ever seen a mothership towing a four point eight metre tinny doing doughies, <laughs> chasing tuna, trolling and flicking. It was pretty impressive. <laughs> he just couldn't get that speed up, you know, no more than seven knots. It's like, can we go faster? No. I'm sure they're not discouraged by the sound of a massive mothership burning through the school. <laughs> <laughs> They'll stay up, no problem. Hey, listen, we'll give anything a crack. Why not? <laughs> I'm sure Harbour Control loved watching that. Really, really good trip. And it's such a varied trip because you can catch any species, lots of species. One of the boys caught a, um, a massive cod and uh, took him about 15 minutes to get it up. But insane. Like it's, it's like snapper on steroids. When I caught it, I certainly didn't say anything that I could like to repeat on the radio, something about sex and my husband or something. But it was, it was very damn good. That's all I'll say. 
But hey, listen, I do need to leave you with something. There's so many different people and kids on that trip, but I I have to introduce Scrappy to you and his story that he just mentioned in passing while he came over for a beer and some ice was amazing. Thanks, Megs. And leave that bottle of Victoria's Secret for Tim, will you? No, it smells nice now down here. <laughs> so, mate, what happened? Well, doing your morning constitution, I thought I'd go away from everyone and um, found a nice little quiet spot. Busy there, admiring the scenery, and all of a sudden this goddamn crocodile wanted to check me out. So I snapped it off real quick. How big was it? <laughs> it would have been about two and a half. <laughs> but you had some other misfortune. Yeah, I had um, a split in the um, telltale to the motor, the hose, and she decided to leak on me. So the motor was playing up, pulled the cowling off, and when I pulled the cowling off, the rubber bit came off. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm gathering that fell in the creek, did it? Where uh, the clock was? I won't go in there to get him. Fuck it up. Oh, yeah. Well, I got 100, I'm running 100 pound on the Calcutta 700 and the rod to suit, and I snapped it on a big fish yesterday. I just couldn't get it off. It's not a pretty sight watching half a rod sitting up there like that. No, a tear and a beer were definitely consumed and cried when that happened. But I still fought the fish for another half hour. As you do. Still couldn't get up, but then the water police come around, so I had to make the decision and do the right thing. Ah, so things are, mate. No worries, mate. Jesus, that was a rapid fire machine gun of misfortune, Megs. Wasn't it? Wasn't it exactly that? <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, the 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 family Melville uh, were out on that trip too. Uh, did pretty well on Barra by the looks of the pics. Yep. Smashed by storms, big swell, forty plus temps and 99% humidity, but hey, it's worth it. Uh, and uh, and what, one of them got a 72 centimetre goldie to top it off. That was Emily, I think. Well done, you mob. She's, she's done all right the last few weeks. Yeah, she? no, she's braining it. And I don't know if you were jealous at Fisho's last week, but I sure was. Of the two old blokes, um, Yogi and Mike, reliving some of their memories from fishing the top end in the, in the mid-70s. Tiny punts, four-horse motors, no one around, big barra everywhere. Of course they were necking meteries and everything. Yeah, 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 but, but it was the 70s. <laughs> anyway, this week a little follow-up uh, from that yarn and a few more snapshots of just what it was like fishing up here in a time before sounders, before crowds, before soft plastics and before social media. Yeah, my name's Yogi Garizback. I'm uh, now just turned 70 years of age. I arrived in Darwin in 1973. I'm Mike Rasmussen and I arrived in Darwin in 73 and I'm 71 years old. We're on our way around Australia. Got to Darwin, liked it and stayed here. One year uh, Ted Egan had contacted Yogue and he wanted to do a bit of a stint down the Daly River, do a bit of filming and that. No, I met Ted Egan at Bogart's and went up to watch him sing his songs because we used to all sing his songs down the bush. Ted come around to each table and introduced himself and I said, Ted, we're going fishing in Crabbin tomorrow. You want to come? And he said, yeah, yeah, I'll come. I said, well, we're going at about 5.30. He said, pick me up outside here. So I went to pick Ted Egan up. He was sitting in the gutter with a carton of Foster's cans, hot. And that's how he drank them. He wanted to do a movie called Last of the Wild and he wanted us to do the fishing. The brave, barramundi fishing, beer-loving, baron of the bush, Yogi. Yogi lives for barramundi fishing. These trucks contain a team of blokes who typify the great Australian outback way of life. Let's get away from it all. I'd organised to meet Yogi and the boys 30 kilometres downriver from Marge's pub for some real fishing. Hello, Yogi. Hi, Ted. Well, well, well. Hi, Yogi. Hey, How are you going? Oh, I heard the barrel's biting, mate, so we're down for a few days. Oh, you good. You better join us. Huh? <laughs> Got the crew with us? Up before daybreak, ice boxes, beer, fishing gear, into the boats and away. By midday, it's really hot on the daily, but being typical fishermen, 
we were well prepared for that sort of contingency. At this stage, the competition was getting pretty hot too. Yes, that's a beard, isn't it? Bit of a baby, really. Are you going to throw him back, eh? No, he's a bit small, I think, Mark. I think we can get a bit better than that for the day. Mark was amazed right. when Mike threw back a six-pounder. We were only interested in the big stuff. The barramundi is a very fine fish. It's my mate Yogi's favourite dish. He talks about it all day long. He says, gotta find a barabong. Poor old Yogi, he's in a spot. The other boys have got the lot. But I showed Yogi where he went wrong. And he finally got a barra and a barabong. A barabong, a barabong. Yogi got a barra and a barabong. A barabong, a barabong. Yogi got a barra and a barabong. Bigger than Carl. What a beauty! <laughs> yeah, but uh, the song, the Barabong, it come from a guy by the name of Les Redding that gave me that song to give to Ted. The Barabong song. It's uh, searching for a Barabong. But yeah, we done. I don't know how many days we were down there. Probably four or five days filming. Nearly more a week. nearly a week filming this film. So I think Ted was quite impressed by the amount of fish we caught. We would have fished the daily for about 10 years, at, at least 10 years. Um, in the meantime, we'd found other, other areas that, that um, produce fish. We had several spots that we used to go, but um, one day we decided, Yog and I and Louise and, and my wife Kathy decided we'd head out from Meckett's Creek and we headed across there and we spotted the rock and I said, I think that'd be good for Barra, uh, to Yog, and we stayed there the day, and um, as the tide dropped, we started casting, and we ended up with a heap of big fish, and we never ever saw another boat there for ages, so we figured we were probably the first ones to really find that, as far as um, Barra fishing was going. A lot of people used to go over there and go crabbing, and that's what we did. We used to pull the boats up on the on the rock, let them go dry and just walk around and cast off the rock, um, walk from one end to the other and there was a big pool up the top and we used to put them all in there and let them swim around until we were ready to go home so they didn't go off and then we'd take what we wanted and let the rest go maybe. So, so um, Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we were the first ones that ever fished it consistently. You know, so. But it wasn't the only place we'd been fishing, uh, producing a lot of big barra. I uh, built myself a 40-foot aluminium boat where six of us used to go. Mike was always there. We used to go all go fishing to all the mouths of the rivers, starting from the Little Moyle. We'd done the mouth of the Daly. We come up. We used to go to Tommy Cut many years ago before it got so so busy now. And one of the other places was the mouth of the East Alligator. We found a creek there that uh, out into the dirty water, but this creek was running clear water. That's probably one of the uh, best spots for big barra that we'd ever fished. But the little moil was very good. We had three or four places that were not, you know, all produced big fish. Barra fishing is a funny thing. The feeling of barra fishing is, is all to do with the strike. When you get that first strike, it's you know whether it's a big fish or, or a small fish, and you get so excited if it's a big fish. Fishing's my whole life, really. Um, I've always been like that right from a kid. I always wanted to go fishing. Um, and, and getting that strike, in some ways it's a bit disheartening, I suppose, because all that you want to, once you get that strike, all that you want to do is get that fish in and get another strike. It just repeats itself over and over. You're never happy with the fish you've just got because you always want the next fish. <laughs> so, yeah. Ain't that the truth? No sooner than you actually hook the barra than you're already looking forward to the next barra. After that hit, the fish is halfway to the boat. And I want the next. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of over that fish. Yeah. In my mind, it's in the boat. It, 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 it's, it's necked and I'm eating it. Before it's even got there, I want the next hit. The next strike. 
Some people might say, well, no, it's, you're not really living in the moment in the, in the here and now. Oh, right? that we're not being mindful. That we're not being mindful. Well, you can jam mindfulness yeah, because yeah. that hit is there's nothing like it. Yeah, I want the next, I want the next one. <laughs> I want it now. <laughs> I want it far. I deserve it. I earned it. Faster, more, me. You net this one. I'm, I'm casting again immediately. Give me it's, a rod. It's the perfect sport for the millennial. Me, now, more. Sorry, boomer. Aye, aye, exa, not boomer. Ah, I see. Well, I see. you millennial. Well, I'm That's not, why you're I'm, defending him. I'm not a millennial. I'm, I'm just before millennial. Exa. Even exes and boomers want more and want it faster and want it now. <laughs> <laughs> Thus, the great unifying beauty of the Church of the Dinny. Red, fast, and free. Presenting the tales from the tinny fish measuring sticker. Some say it's the scientific standard for measuring length. Some say that it gives you a guaranteed 20% more luck in catching fish. Some say that these stats might be slightly exaggerated. Much like your fishing yards without a tales from the tinny fish measuring sticker. Email fishing at abc.net.au or message the tinny on Facebook to get yours. Don't know if you can hear it, but um, the sticker spiel's been accompanied by the... You got that? The the dog next door again who's the siren dog. A, the siren dog. All right, he's done. Thanks. Uh, Tubbs Anderson, howdy, fellas. Barra Doyle got me onto your podcast. God bless him. Barra Doyle, a bloke not blessed by the church, because all last year he was the guy giving us grief for how much rain they'd had over at the Burdigan and uh, our lack of rain. Shoe might be on the other foot this year, Barrett Doyle. Uh, ha, 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 maybe, ha, maybe. In fact, he was the reason maybe. we threatened to send Neville just to, yeah, just to drop little surprise turds all over <laughs> on Barrett Doyle's head. <laughs> I know, yeah. I'd love a sticker uh, for the, for my tinny, please. Says Tubbs. Uh, this is me with my first barra. Here's a pick for you from a trip to some secret local spots out on the Fitzroy River some time ago. Yeah. Uh, better get back to it before the rains come. Mm. What rains is what we put to you. Uh, cheers from uh, the uh, the Fitzroy Crossing. Got on your tubs. Nevis is on his way, and he'll be dropping a sticker this time. Nothing else, we promise. Now, this we've got another sticker request here. Uh, it's actually from the UK. Great. Should I attempt an accent here? I don't know, man. I mean, we. it's kind of a nice break from accents when Andy's not Hi on the guys. show. Just had a message you and say I love the weekly podcast here in Liverpool, UK. Is that a Liverpool accent? I, I, I don't really know. <laughs> I'm trying to just sound like the Beatles. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Can you send me a measuring stick for my tin bath? I'm becoming Scottish. <laughs> Cod's my favourite over here, along with smoked kippers. Uh, the official sticker will be a pride possession. This is actually not. The, uh, all the best to you and the crew. Uh, get an Aussie mullet up you. Keith. Keith <laughs> yes, Billington. It's about, time, it's about time you gave it up. You got a quarter of the way through. <laughs> Do you regret it now? Uh, look, I'll, uh, if, if Keith keeps up the correspondence, I'll keep practising. Um, the, the thing was about the Keith's message, he's so desperate for the sticker, mm. he asked us if, um, if we had a PayPal account. Did he? So he <laughs> could send us yeah. the postage. We totally do, man. We totally do. So you can send the postage at about ninety nine ninety five per sticker uh, from the UK. No props. I'll just give you my uh, account details and then you, I'll split it three ways between you and uh, me and Andy <laughs> once it clears. Thank you, Keith. I've leaped over the side of the boat and the clients had to grab my leg. We expected it to work, but we didn't think it was going to be this effective this quickly. Tales from the Tinny. Shane Compain's with Top End Tackle World at uh, Koolalinga and a bloody keen fisho who, by his own admission, which was a news flash to us earlier in the Tinny, loves chasing Big Barra. How about that? And has been doing it with gusto over the last month or so to, uh, to the point that um, we really have to chat to him over two parts. We've looked so far, if you, if you didn't hear and want to go listen back to the tinny, we've looked so far at uh, Corroboree and some of the other billabongs and the south. I think you've been to Shady as well too, Shane, but not a great deal to report from there. No, not too much. Um, we watched from leaders and went around to Tommy Cut and that. It, it looked really good. There was some fish there, but just wasn't quite ready then. But in saying that, we did get two in the mid-90s. But yeah, not, not what we expected from Tommy Cut. Again, like the south, it's a big haul for you know, a couple yeah. of great fish, but you, you, you hope for more. Yeah, definitely. Um, how's the finnis fishing? What are you hearing, or have you been fishing it? 
we're actually going to try and do some filming for um, for Worsling for our fish an episode, and we're going to try and get a, um, a bar and a billfish in the same episode, which would have been freaking awesome. But um, we did on the practice day. We went and sounded the finnets. I, I haven't really fished the finnets much, to be honest. Um, and the amount of fish that I've seen on the sounder on the on the practice day was unreal. Like it was loaded, both the big finnets and the little finnets. But I restrained from fishing because we were on limited time and we needed needed to scout out as much as we could. Um, come filming day, unfortunately, um, we had a little incident with the cameraman and the camera broke. So, oh um, damn! So you had to can it. <laughs> Yeah, we had a can at like eight o'clock in the morning, so um, everything was looking pretty sweet. But that's that's when I spoke to Paul, he just said, "Welcome to my life, mate." <laughs> yeah. So you didn't you didn't even get to wet a line. We did, um, but just before I got we got the first bar of the morning. Yeah, the incident with the camera happened, and um, yeah, she was all over. Confident though, from what you saw, that it should be fishing well now. Oh yeah, yeah it's awesome. Like. Um, it looked as healthy as I've seen any river, like the amount of fish that were on the snags, um, timber piles. And like I said, I don't fish the finnest that often. And um, obviously, some people who know it, then, yeah, it, it looked really good. So, yeah. Even though you have treated us to the revelation that uh, that you don't mind a bit of barra fishing, uh, <laughs> it's not it's not the only thing you've been doing. Uh, you've been heading out to some trips to uh, to the box, eh? We, um, I just had a deck unit, a five-day charter with a bunch of lads from um, Sydney um, on, on our few blue charters. Um, yeah, awesome, unreal. Like The weather was five days of complete and utter glass out. The fishing, um, like I said, out there you don't see anybody. The only people you see is customs, the aircraft that flies over you once a day to buzz you and make sure you're not imposters. But, yeah, it's like everything from... We hooked a couple of black mile and we've seen a lot actually out there, so I'm pretty keen to get back out there and um, give it a crack. And one of the chalwats just specifically target the big blacks, but like gold band snapper, we got the ruby snapper in 250 meters of water, um, dog tooth tuna, um, black GTs, you know, big trout. Like um, we didn't get any monsters this one. Oh, they, oh, we got a couple in the 80 centimeters, so they're good. But on the last chart, we got five over a meter, so. Um, yeah, it's awesome. They're big trout. Yeah, they're big trout. <laughs> uh, how big are those doggies? Just quick. We never land the big ones. They're just they're just an absolute mongrel. Um, so I think the one we, biggest one we landed might have been like uh, fourteen kilos, thirteen kilos. So not not monstrous, but um, still nice size. But like I said, every single one I've ever hooked, they just do ya. They just know where to go. Yeah, Shane. <laughs> it, what I'm learning is a that you like chasing big barra, but b that you work bloody hard for it, man, and that you're persistent. So you've smashed your uh, video cameras while you're out, or your cameraman did while you're out there. <laughs> you, you've skull dragged a boat on a little trolley with wheels fifty meters to get to the water. Then on this trip, didn't a bloke have a stroke? Like you work hard and go through some trauma for your fish. <laughs> <laughs> that was always the first bit of a life experience with um on the way out because we we steamed for 18 hours and we steamed overnight. Woke up in the morning. Um, Lee, our captain, he cooked them all breakfast. I was actually doing the dishes and the old mate just was like walking in the toilet and then just collapsed midair. Um, very very scary because he was pretty much dead on the ground. Lee um got him back and then we turned around and um got on the care flight and they um. Put a chopper back in and met us at 100 nautical miles from Darwin, and then we top him off the roof. So that whole idea was um, a bit new, but at least I'm kind of it's a lot of life experience and you learn from it. Do you hear how the bloke is the bloke alright or? Um, yeah, the fella's name's Paul. He's from Queensland. Um, he was the one only guy from Queensland out of the group, but he um, yeah he's back home now. And he's okay. Um, yeah, they did all tests and stuff on him. And he's all right. So which is a good thing, but he was just a bit disappointed that he obviously was all geared up for a five days of fishing with all the lads and, yeah, had to get a short flight home. And maybe that was the issue, that he was just a bit too G'd up and something went a bit <laughs> yeah. skew if. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Well, you worked hard for him and you worked for him right across the top end, mate. Thanks for sharing um, the detailed wrap of where you've been and where you're looking forward to, including places like the Roper and the Finnis over coming weeks. Let's all hope for a bit of rain soon too, eh? Oh, yeah, man. Like, it, how good is the wet season looking already? So, fingers crossed, it keeps on coming and we actually have a bumper wet. Good on you, Shane. Catch you next time. Thanks, guys. See ya. Well, you'd have to say it's been a pretty good season so far, but uh, she continues season six of uh, MDF. Yet another fish caught this week. Fantastic. makes number eight. The winner, uh, Darwinite Carly Petrick, 60-centimetre fish. Wait until you hear where she caught it.
well, it was damn near the boat ramp on the rocks there. Nightcliff Jetty where the rocks are. You're kidding me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, we went down late in the afternoon. My niece bought about two hand lines from the um, Nightcliff service station. Oh, yes. And we walked down there with the family, kids, and, and um, yeah, it was the shallow water. How shallow? Well, you could see fish there jumping. So what did you have on the end of the hand line? Squid bait. Oh, it's so good. All right, so it takes us to the moment that you hooked the fish. Well, the line just took off and it just grabbed it and had to run back with it. Almost fell in the hole. It jumped out of the water, tried to let it go a bit and play with it, pulled it in, and my nieces started jumping around screaming because they saw this, like the, they said, like the tag just glowed. But I didn't see it. Yeah, they, everyone just started jumping and screaming and couldn't believe it. Once you realised that, that it was a red tag fish, everyone else was jumping around, how did you feel? Oh, it's probably tears coming out. <laughs> <laughs> you started crying. Just, yeah. How long have you been um, trying to get a red tag for? Uh, since, I think, back in season <laughs> two or three. But we've been going down to the nightcliff for months haven't really got anything that good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're down there with some, with some crew. Do you have to split the money with them or do you get to keep it all? No, I'll share with them and save some for Christmas, pay some bills and... Did you get to keep the barra and eat it? Yeah, we're going to cook it up soon. Look, Carly, congratulations. It's, I'm so happy that you caught it there. I'm happy and jealous, yeah. of course. Good to finally get a at least a barra there. So you would have been let happy just the, getting a, a barra, let alone yeah, a, a red tag. Yeah, just happy getting a barra. <laughs> so you, you ticked off both. Yeah. Congratulations, Carly. You know what that means, don't you, Beard? I do. You're going to have to go there and just kind of be. That's how I do it. Red tags caught. I'll go there and just just soak up the vibe. Do you do you take an esky? Yeah, I'll take an esky to sit on. Maybe a Sudoku, maybe a thermos of Bonox. Stare out into the middle distance and just soak it up. Do you fish? I don't have to fish. <laughs> you just have to... I just have to be there. You know, it's, it's like, imagine someone going to a Flemington race course after the, after the race is done and just... I'm looking across where they, yeah, just, yeah, and there's a flashback in their mind and, yeah, and you can, big dramatic You can almost music, hear the yeah, crowd still there. And the thumping of the hooves. Mm, mm. It's the same with, with, with these red tags. It's almost like, like you caught it. You know what I mean? No, I don't. Tales from the Tinny. That'll be about us for this week, Fishos. Thanks to the resilient and fully committed Shane Campaign. And to Carly, who's taken out the latest uh, red tag fish uh, fishos. I think that's number eight. And thanks also to the old school boys of Yogi and Mike, and of course to Bushchuk, to Megs, for introducing us to Scrappy. And all of a sudden, this goddamn crocodile wanted to check me out, so I snapped it off real quick. You would, real quick. <laughs> As you would. Uh, Raise the question, though. What's the lesson here? Before you crappy, watch out for Snappy. Oh, come on. Beware number two if Croc watches you. It's, it's, look, it's all right. Don't Off linger the... when pooing, because Crocs ain't for shooing. Beard, can you stop it? Lay now, a cable it... from boat and end up in Croc throat. That's not bad, but can we the not boat end poo on poo is dumb if you want to keep your bum. <laughs> is that it? Thanks. <laughs> that's how we come done. That's it for tales from the tinny. Sorry to end on the poo and bum jokes again, but really, what did you expect? Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha